I'd like to welcome all of you who are joining us for worship on this, the second Sunday in Lent. It is good for us to be together and we give thanks to God for the gifts of technology that connect us across time and space and place. We begin our worship together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Let us pray. O God, our leader and guide, in the waters of baptism, you bring us to new birth to live as your children. Strengthen our faith in your promises that by your spirit we may lift up your life to all the world. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading today comes from Genesis, the 12th chapter. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord has told him, and Lot went with him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And this is the Holy Gospel according to John, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. 
Do not be astonished that I have said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that God gave the only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You know, I really feel for Nicodemus here in this text from John. He's just a guy looking for some answers, trying desperately to understand what Jesus is talking about, which is a very different attitude than what many of the other Pharisees who were constantly trying to trick and shame Jesus had. But for all of Nicodemus's good questions looking for clarity, Jesus just gives some pretty confusing answers. Answers that are confusing even for us who know the story of Jesus and have been a follower of Jesus for any length of time. And we could spend some time here parsing out everything that Jesus meant, but that would take a while and quite frankly is way better as a group discussion as opposed to me just talking at you in a sermon. So what we need to know here is that Jesus takes Nicodemus's understanding of the world and how God works and completely turns that worldview upside down. And this is not an easy thing for Nicodemus to experience. And it wouldn't be easy for us either. For if our entire understanding of the world had been flipped over, we wouldn't enjoy it very much either. And psychologists talk about that it is actually really hard for humans to change their minds, especially about things that are significant to that person. Have you ever changed your mind about something kind of significant? And I don't just mean about changing your mind about liking Brussels sprouts or something like that. But have you really changed your mind about something? such as your political beliefs, or how you think about people who look different than you do, or how you even feel about a particular group of people. As we grow up, each of us creates for ourselves an understanding of the world based on our experience and what trusted people in our lives tell us. This helps our brains to create a sense of normal and safety, which are necessary things, and but still, unconsciously, we then assume that everyone else sees and experiences the world the exact same way that we do. 
So when we are confronted with the reality that not everyone experiences the world the same way that we do, and their new information challenges our sense of normal and safety, our brains, upon this first hearing of this new news, actually process it as something that is threatening to our safety, and we become resistant to this new information. Now, is this new information actually a threat to our safety? Probably not. But all of our brains, as a very first thing, tell us that it is. Because our brains have a first reaction of wanting to stay within our realm of normal and safe. And that's why it's so hard to change our minds because we have to work through that knee-jerk reaction of our brains telling us that we are unsafe when we are actually quite safe and adjust our sense of normal and safety and how the world works. No wonder Nicodemus is struggling in his conversation with Jesus. And dear friends, Jesus did not come just to only flip upside down the worldviews of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Romans and his disciples. Jesus, by his radical grace and love, continues to flip upside down the worldviews of all of his followers, yours and mine alike. Are we willing to let him do that to us? If you saw the video I posted to our parish's Facebook page or got, had gotten a hard copy of the sermons for Ash Wednesday and for the first Sunday in Lent, um, and it's perfectly fine if you didn't see them, um, but if, for those of you who have, you may recall that I talked about inviting ourselves in this Lenten season to notice the struggle and the temptation between survival and faithfulness. In this story from John today, it is easy to lean into survival and not have our minds changed or our world views changed about how God works in the world. But we are called to faithfulness and to have our ideas and our world views of how God works and moves in God's world regularly challenged by Jesus. John 3.16, one of, if not the most well-known Bible verses, For God so loved the world that God gave the only Son. God so loved the world. Not God so loved Lutherans or God so loved fill in the blank with your favorite specific group. God so loved the world. God so loved you that God gave Jesus into the world, God gave Jesus for you, so that through Christ, all of us would have eternal life. And this news changes and challenges the world each and every day. The cross of Jesus Christ, which unites us all together before God, turns worldviews upside down each and every day with the radical love and grace that comes only from God in Christ through the Holy Spirit. Because, folks, some days our worldviews are tipped upside down when you have to remember that Jesus loves and Jesus died for that person or that group of people that you really don't like. And some days our worldviews are tipped upside down when you have to remember that Jesus loves you and Jesus died for you. 
and we give thanks to God for the Holy Spirit that daily gives us the gift of faith and grace to trust in that turning the world upside down promise. The promise that Jesus loves you and all people and all creation so much that he was willing to die for it, was willing to endure three days in the grave for it, and then rose again so that death has no power over us anymore. Amen. We will sing together the hymn, How Firm a Foundation. And as always, I invite you to sing along. With the whole church, let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. Jesus meets you on the way. Thanks be to God.